0: And so it's a privilege to be here today to be able to preach God's Word. Uh, you're going to see a really joyful man on stage today because as I drove over from Highland to preach this morning, I was just praying, trusting the Lord with this message. I'm excited about preaching this message. I have been through a really tough week. If you've been through my week, you'd say, man, how, how can you do this with joy today? And I can tell you how. Because the Lord is the one who gives joy. This world and the things of this world don't give joy. Some of you came in here today, you're not peaceful, you're crushed in spirit. And I'm trusting today that the Lord is going to use this simple message I share with you about love. It's going to be a message about love. And I'm trusting, I was just looking around as we were worshiping, I was looking up in the balcony, I was just thinking, I wonder who here today is here because they just got up and they put one foot in front of the other, but you're going to be anointed by the Lord, I pray, during this message. I've asked that he would just touch your heart. And he would use his simple words that are going to come out of my mouth to do that. All of us are looking for love somewhere. Uh, There's a song that says looking for love in all the wrong places. Some of you know that song. I've been looking back this week at the Victorian era a little bit. I studied a little bit about what love looked like in that day, because in culture, love changes. And when I say love, there can be love, erotic love, there can be agape love, a God love, there can be a filio love, which is, of course, the city of Philadelphia, brotherly love. There's all kind of love. And some of you came here today looking for love. In the Victorian area, I was reading about the ladies of that day. This is interesting to me, how culture changes. In that day, they believed if your eyes were, the women, if your eyes were really red and watery, like dripping all the time, that that was really sexy. So the women would try to make their eyes Red And like everything you fight to not do. I know you you ladies this morning, some of you just poured a bunch of muric, whatever that stuff is, in your eye to try to keep it from being red. You don't want red eyes. Those of you who sometimes do a little weed, sorry, you're probably in here. You drop that stuff in your eyes so your boss might not know. I know what you do. But these ladies thought it was cool. So they would stick their fingers in their eyes and they would put lemon juice in their eyes. We do some crazy stuff to find love. We do crazy stuff. And today I'm going to share two verses with you. Two. Sometimes people will say to me, I'd love to read my Bible. I just don't know where to start. i got to start for you today. i got a place for you today. In fact, I want some of you to memorize these two verses. If you don't have a life verse, take one of these. If we leave here today, And do these two verses, two verses, our lives will change. The verses come from 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Most of you would recognize that's what we call the love chapter. When I do a wedding, I usually use that passage, a verse or two from that passage, because it's the chapter of love. The chapter starts with this thought, and you may have heard this before. It says, if I speak with the tongues of men and angels, but I don't have love, I'm just a clanging cymbal. I asked them to lay a symbol out for me this morning. I, didn't, I don't have the two, I just have the one. The, the Bible says, if I stand up here and preach to y'all this morning and say, I tell you what love is, I tell you what it is, but I go get in my car and I go home and I don't do anything about it. I just listen. So today, if you hear this message and you just leave and nothing changes, you're nothing more than that. It's a big old loud bang and everybody hears it, but it's gone. It's gone. You heard it a few seconds ago, but it's not there anymore. And I can talk a big talk. I love people. I love. I can talk it. But if I don't do it, it's gone. I had to wait till it was gone you got to know why Paul wrote this in there. Say, I've always read this passage. I didn't know this next thing I'm about to tell you. I've heard that about the clanging cymbals. I've heard it my whole life. i heard it since I was a little kid. I didn't know this next thing. I didn't know there was a Greek god called Dionysus, and this was the god of fertility and the god of wine. And the way you worship this god, the way you brought praise to this god, you would sit in your wine field and... Now, I won't keep doing it because that's annoying. But that was the way you worshiped the God of Dionysus. You hit symbols and you clashed symbols together. And when people heard that, they're like, oh, they're praising the God. And Paul said, if y'all talk a big talk, you big Christians, if you say you got all this love and you go away and you do nothing, you're nothing more than worshiping a pagan God, Dionysus. You're just banging your stinking symbol and it's pointless. So today... I'm asking you to choose. Will you listen to these verses and leave and actually practice it, or will you just And it's gonna be your choice. The verses are coming up on the screen. They're very simple. L- look, look at these verses, they're so simple. I'm just gonna read them. Love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered, and it keeps no record of wrongs. Can you just leave that up for a second? Because just think. Pick the thing in your life right now that's hard on you. Just pick it. Y'all all pick one. You're five years old, pick one. It's a neighbor boy. I don't know. Pick it. Pick one. If you did that, you're here and you're, you're just about at the brink of divorce. Read that. You have a child you can't handle. And you're, you're a child. You're a teenager. You can't stand your parents. Read that. You're ready to give up on somebody. Read that. As I read it, what I see right there is what Jesus does for me. He's so kind to me. I don't deserve his love. If Jesus wanted to get angry, he's got lots of reasons he could get angry at me. If he wanted to keep record of my wrongs, if, if every one of my wrongs was represented by a person, I got more wrongs than this audience full of people. And Jesus said, Dan, I love you. Some of you came this morning and you don't even feel you deserve love. So we're gonna go through these little points one at a time, I'm just gonna ask you some questions. They're simple questions, but they're straight from the scripture. The first question is this, simply this, are you patient? Now I don't have time to cover this whole thing. I don't have time to cover patience, okay? So tonight I want you to come back, I'm gonna do the whole service on a patent for patience. If you're here and you struggle with patience, would you raise your hand and join me? Thank you very much, you need to be there tonight. I'm going to talk to you about how to become more patient. Patience is hard. When I was a little kid growing up, uh, we had, I grew up organic. Many of you probably did too. It's so fun to watch our society come back to organic. I grew up organic. I couldn't wait till we finally got canned beans. I thought that was the coolest thing in the world because I grew up organic. We grew our garden. We we grew our own cows. We grew our own pigs. We we killed them. We ate them. That's just what I did. I grew up organic. And I remember when we would get the watermelon vines planted as a little boy. And those watermelons would begin to grow. I love watermelon. And I would go outside, you know, pick, pick, pick a young age. Some of you get exactly what I'm talking about. And I'd say, Mom, I wanna, the watermelons are here. Son, they are, they are out there, but they're not ready. But, Mom, they're this big around. Son, they're green. You can't have one yet. How much longer, Mom? It'll be, it'll be at least another three or four weeks. Three or four weeks! When you're a little kid, three or four weeks is like, you, you look like you're going to be like those dead people you're walking around. You're the old people. That's what three or four weeks looks like. <laughs> Do y'all have anything in your life where you're waiting for the watermelon to ripen and it just seems like it's not ripening? I thought about at this point of the message, just standing here and being patient on stage and not talking for like five minutes and saying, I have something I want to tell you. What I'm going to tell you is, and then make you wait five minutes, but I can't spare five minutes because I only got to like 1.30. <laughs> we don't like being patient, but every one of us in here who has been patient through something knows that's where you grow. Uh, I'm dealing with something right now in my life, a a, a tough issue where it's requiring a lot of patience. Any of y'all got one of those? And I'll just be honest with you, I don't want another sun to set without that thing being resolved. I want it now. (laughs) And God is saying, no, no, just patient. James chapter 5 verse 7 says, as the farmer waits for the crop to come in, The watermelon. Today in your life, there's somebody in your family that you aren't patient with. You're having a hard time with that person. And I don't want to be, they're not patient with me. That's not the point. Are you patient with them? My father has dementia. Um, I'm going to finish this message with a little something about my father. You you need to know he will be at next service. He's living at my house right now from South Carolina. He's moved in, and pretty much about every third question is, when are you taking me home? And he has dementia, so he doesn't remember he asked me that question 30 seconds ago. This is a father who wasn't very patient with me. I took him on a walk yesterday around my block, He's 87. This is the pace around my block. I met neighbors I'd never had a chance to stop at before. <laughs> What's up, man? I got about three minutes here. Come on over. Let's talk a little bit. <laughs> nice to meet you. Love your frontage. See you later. I mean, you, know, you got time. And I'm walking around the neighborhood with my father, and I look over at him yesterday. And I recalled all the childhood memories that were very difficult. I will say these things, by the way, with him sitting here in second service, (laughs) because he won't remember I'm okay. (laughs) (laughs) Very abusive to my mom, abusive to me and my brother. And I'm literally walking around the block with the very dad who did that stuff. And I can't explain what I'm about to say. But I just had this incredible love for him because I'm taking care of him and he's asking me the same question he asked previous neighbors driveways look how smooth they poured that whoever pours concrete up here in Michigan they're good (laughs) and I said they are dad aren't they look at those lines I'm like isn't that good dad we turn the corner where's your house son well just right around the corner here dad just keep walking and I just felt the Lord keep saying to me, be patient with him. But, but God, he, did, he, did, he wasn't patient with me as a kid. He didn't love. Be patient with him. He's your dad. Listen to this next thought that came to my mind. You will never regret walking him around this block. And I want to say to you today, I'm practicing the sermon I'm preaching. When I get, uh, let me just be truthful with you, my dad wears me out emotionally because there's too many memories and he says too many things that trigger that thought. Y'all know it. Some of y'all who have dad issues, you get what I'm saying. And time I get him home, I'm like, babe, you take him for a walk, I need a break. I mean, that's just life. (laughs) But today... If Dan Seaborn wants to be more than, I'm not going to do it to you. If Dan wants to be more than just, if I want to stand on stage and look all holy, then I better go home and walk my dad around the block patiently. Because that's what Jesus would do. Are you patient? Are you patient? Just going to ask a few questions. The second question coming up on the screen is very simple too. Are you kind and considerate? <laughs> this message is going to wear you out. <laughs> are you kind? Love is kind. Are you kind and considerate? What, what, are you, what is it like being around you, not at church, out there in life? Does your family when you pull up, does the family go, "Ah, oh, here comes old kind person?" Or they say, watch out. This is not going to go good. Love is kind. And you you know as well as I do, the hardest person to be kind with is the people you live with. Because you take them for granted. That's why this message is called Home and Life Harmony. If we go home and practice these little thoughts I'm sharing with you today, it's going to all be good. Love is kind. I remember when the Lord, I I shared this, I think, at a marriage event with some of you, so if you were there, be patient. Let me, like that, be patient. I just threw that in. Allow me to share what happened with me in this area. I remember when I was working through this thing, and and one of the things my wife asked of me every time we go away, she will always say, say, babe, give me three things I can work on. We go away together or whatever. If I say to her, give me three things I can work on, number one will always be Be kind to me. Now, babe, you told me that last time. I know, it's still number one. Well, what do you mean? Well, just sometimes you aren't kind. Well, like how? Like how? How am I not kind? Well, there's a clue. It's hard. And the Lord just really showed me one area where I wasn't kind. And I want to show you again. If you've seen this, just humor me. Um I'm not kind sometimes when I'm driving and she's in the passenger seat <laughs> because Jane loves to correct my driving <laughs> and And I remember when the Lord showed me, Dan, you're just not very kind, Like, what do you mean? And and so I'm I'm practicing, I'm I'm imagining I'm driving, the Lord's working on me, all right, pretend you're driving. So I'm doing this and, and I'm going down the road and the Lord just kind of said, when Jane says, watch out, you're going over the yellow line, look out, you're too close to the curb, whatever it is, you just pick it, she's got something. Look over at her the way you look at her. So camera, which camera am I looking at? Get right on me here, that one, okay? So look over over at the camera right now the way you feel when she says that. (sighs) (laughs) That's not very kind, Dan. And I'm like, wow, Lord, that's really true. And I felt like the Lord said, the next time she does that, I want you to look over with a big smile and say, thank you. So look, so I practice, okay, so I'm driving. So Jane says, hey, honey, watch out for the white line." Thank you, babe, that's awesome. Thank you. So I practice this, all right? I started practicing it for a while because I knew that ain't my natural tendency. Let's just make sure we understand. So she gets in the car after I practice this. And I, you know, I know we ain't gonna get over a quarter mile. I'm gonna get to practice. I know that. <laughs> that's how bad my driving is. So I'm driving down the road and she says her thing, honey, you watch out, you're too, and I just went, thank you, like that, okay? She dove against the door. She went, well, what? <laughs> she did, she said, what's wrong with you? I said, what do you mean? She said, that's not normal. <laughs> and I said, well, do you like it? Yeah, but I gotta get used to it. <laughs> I'm not used to you being kind. Oh man, did you hear that? I'm not used to you being kind. Any of y'all relate? (laughs) (laughs) Up there, oh he stood up, he stood up. (laughs) Is she with you today? Yeah, she's right there, okay, yeah, yeah. Oh, she's sitting one seat over, got it, okay. It's so easy to clang this symbol and say I'm kind, I am kind. But where I get checked is out there in the real world. Love is kind. You say, Dan, that's such a Dan. There's such there's such bigger issues in the world. I mean, look at North Korea. Wouldn't it be great if they'd be kind? Yeah, it would. It would actually talking to my 22-year-old daughter about this last night. We were sitting at the table eating dinner together and we were talking about these big life issues and I said to her, babe, what it really comes down to is it's the little thing. It's easy for me to judge North Korea, but it's pretty hard for me to want to change my look at my wife in the car. Yeah. See what I'm saying? So here's what I'm at. I bet you if all of us did a little thing when we leave here today, it would add up and there'd be more kindness in the world. So love is kind. It's fun to preach with a stick in (laughs) hand. I'm loving this audience today. This is good. I didn't plant these people. That had nothing to do with me. The third thing this passage says is, do you always have to be right? (laughs) I heard somebody say yes. (laughs) Love does not boast. Love is not proud. Love does not think, it's about me. Love doesn't do that. Here's how I want to help you out with this. I had a little idea I want to give it to you. Uh, You go to Lowe's, Home Depot, Menards. I don't want to leave anything out. Some of you might own a local mom and pops, your store. Don't get mad. Don't send me, don't send emails to duane at reslife.org. I won't read them. (laughs) That's supposed to be a joke. But anyway. (laughs) I want you to go to one of those stores, and when you go to those stores, they will give you, if you go back in the wood department, et cetera, they have little free samples of wood. Y'all know what I'm talking about? You get a little square, because you can take it home, lay it on the floor, see if that's, you can take four pieces home, see which one like, but go get one free piece of wood, just one, go get it. And I want you to write on that piece of wood, the floor, I, or you don't have to, it is a piece of floor, so call it the floor. I, I have a, a little, little sample right here, okay, the floor. In your house, have you ever noticed um, if you think you're always right, you do all the talking and you don't allow other people to speak? And I want you to have that little piece of wood in your hand. And in your house, every now and then, when you're talking back and forth with somebody, every now and then, I want you to give them the floor. You get it? It's kind of a little play on words here. In other words, hand it to them and say, you know what, I'm going to be quiet a minute because I'm not always right and I want to give you the opportunity to speak. You now have the floor. If you think you're always right, you ain't good at handing the floor to anybody. And let me just say right now in this audience, there's somebody sitting by you going, "Mm mm-hmm, they don't want to say it if you have a teenage son or daughter they're sitting here they might even be pointing at you suddenly look over look at their finger because sometimes some of us just think we're always right and here's why i think we do that insecurity we can't accept the fact that we might be wrong because if i'm wrong once what if my whole world comes crumbling down wrong Let, let me remind you that jesus was hanging on the cross And he really was right when they were saying, oh, if you're the Christ, if you're the Savior, come down from there. He could have. He could have come down and took them out. And he hung there and died for us. Because that was his calling. And now your calling is to take that same Christ principle of serving and not having to always be right to your life. Dan, what about when I really am right? Jesus was really right too. And he still set an example of how to handle that. Your purpose on earth, listen, you weren't called to this earth to be right. You were called to serve Jesus. And you got to sometimes do that in humility and sacrifice. I can tell you that this is a principle I've been working hard on in the last six months in my own marriage. It's been tough. There are times that I know if I sit the judge and the judge chair in my living room and I said Jane there and I sit me here, I'm going to win this case. I know I can. I'm good with words. I can get that judge to go, you're making a lot of sense. And Jane would probably just sit there and cry and then they'd probably win. But I, I think that if you watch words, a lot of us can do it because we're good when we have the floor. We kind of walk around going, I am the floor. Love, love says, love says, I don't have to have the floor. I'm good. I don't have to be a clanging symbol all the time. I'm not telling, ladies and gentlemen. I didn't drive over here today thinking this is going to be easy. This is not easy. I'm having to practice these very things in my life this week. This week is not easy but I'm excited about preaching this message because I know if I'll go home and not just be a clanging cymbal, if Dan Seaborn will actually practice the three things I've told you already, my home's going to be better off. There's going to be better harmony and life harmony. It's just true. Next question. Are you rude and cranky? Are you, are you just rude and cranky? Love, I, I'm, so you go, Dan, where are these questions coming from? The verses. Love is not rude. Teenager. Can I talk to you a minute? When you wake up in the morning, just God bless a lot of you, I'm sure, are work at this, but some of you teenagers in here, you just need to know you are cranky. <laughs> you just got that teenage edge on you. And we know how you change because your friend shows up at the door, Hi! I mean, like two seconds ago, you were talking like, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> cranky, you'll crank. Love doesn't do that. Love it comes down to is self-discipline, control. I will treat you with respect the same way as I treat everyone else. I was, um, you guys know I fly a lot and I was at uh, one of those airport stands and the flight had just been canceled. And you know, when you got a hundred people getting on a flight and it's canceled, you got a couple of people in there that are not happy about it. And this dude was not happy. I've been canceled enough now that it's almost like I just... I almost smile when I get a cancellation because it's like, hey, well, I didn't get canceled last time. Thank you, Lord, just today. I get to spend the night in the airport. You know, it's just one of those things. If you fly a lot, you get used to it and you learn to handle it. But this dude, he was a little older, and the flight was canceled, and he was up at the counter, and this poor young girl was behind the counter. Well, I will. You will get me a flight. You. And he's going off on this girl. So I thought I should go up and intervene. So I just walked up and stood beside him. I was like, dude, you are just you are just flat out losing it, aren't you? He goes, why? You don't even need to come up and talk to him. I said, I'm not. I'm coming up here to protect her. I said, this young lady behind the counter, she looks like she could be your daughter's age. Imagine that's your daughter. And I said, you know, I'm not trying to be mean to anything, but do you think she's got like the you think she owns planes? I mean, is it like she can say, hey, you know what? I forgot I had the keys in my back pocket. Here you go. I said, this poor girl doesn't even know where the plane is either. She's just like me and you. Trust me, she's probably just as frustrated as you are because she'd love for you not to be here right now. Back off, crank. I didn't call him that because I didn't want to make the paper. But I I just said, back off, man. And we all got our cranky moments. I got mine. And you know where mine tends to come out most? At home. Y'all get it? Love is not cranky. What well, would? Well, this message is so simple, but seriously, it's, it, I'm just telling you straight up what Scripture says. If you went home and you stopped being rude, what would change in your life? And I'm going to go to the last one because I only got three minutes, and I want to spend a little time on it. The last question is the question coming up on the screen. Do you keep a running score of others' faults? Love, this said in the last verse, love keeps no record of wrongs. So what happens in life is every now and then you're going through life, okay? And every now and then the, the Lord just kind of allows you to go through these challenge and trial things. And then and you have people in your life who come at you too, okay? So you guys can apply this to your marriage, to a coworker, however it fits. But you, you don't even, you, it's almost subconscious. But something happens, you don't say anything about it, but inside you got this stroke, this mark. Okay, that's one. And there's this little, that's one. You don't say anything about it, but in your mind toward that person, you got something. And then something else happens a week later, and you don't say anything about it, but that's two. Today, right now, some of you have that towards someone. I mean, m- maybe even the person you're sitting beside right now. And then on the way to church this morning, that's three. I'm not going to say anything, but it's a growing. And and life keeps happening, and then there's a fourth, and then, and I kind of use this, and then we hit the tally. That's tally. That's it. I'm done. And the Bible, watch this. Watch this. Love keeps no record of any of that. It's gone. By the way, you guys just watched what Jesus did for you. Jesus I have this sin in my life and and I've got all these scars from my past and I've got this and Lord I failed you again today and Lord look again. I told you I wouldn't fail you again Look what I did again and he goes Dan when you say when you when you say father forgive me I wipe it away and I remember against you no more What would happen today if you said to someone I remember your faults no more Dan, you don't understand the faults. I don't have to. I know what Jesus did for me. And I'm not your example. Don't follow me. Your neighbor's not your example. Don't follow them. Jesus. I remember 20 years ago when I wrote my dad this letter. I hated him. I'm going to be saying this next service, he'll be sitting right there. I hated him. I had too many. <laughs> we need a around to cover what I had. And I'm 30 years old and the Lord says, you gotta forgive. I'm like, I don't want to forgive. I like holding this grudge against him. He hurt my mom. Forgive him. I don't want (laughs) to. I say that because there's somebody screaming that right now. And I wrote him this letter. And it was a letter of, uh, Dad, I forgive you. And I was so excited to call him that coming Sunday because um, this is 20 years ago. I was so excited to call him that coming Sunday because I wanted to see what he thought of the letter. And so my mom and dad, they had, uh, they had one of those old wall phones, still do. You remember those old rotary wall phones? Well, I bought them another one. So I had the two phones now so they can both be on the phone at the same time. That's like Wi-Fi, hi-fi internet. <laughs> so they're both on the phone. And I'm saying to my dad, I had mailed this letter. It's Sunday, we always talk Sunday afternoon. 20 years ago and i'm like hey pops how'd you eat go good and then i'm i'm hinting around did you did you uh did you get anything this week that you liked and you got to understand his natural nature is cranky and he's like um no oh, oh you didn't have any surprises this week nothing big going on no I remember hanging up and I remember Jane saying, don't, honey, don't worry about it, He probably just didn't get it yet. It'll come next week. Yeah, that's true, it'll be next week. That's what it is, the mail, it's a U.S. mail, it's slow. So next Sunday rolled around and I call and I'm like, hey mom, hey dad, hey dad, did, did you, dad, anything happen exciting this week? No. Well, I'll tell you what happened to me, it crushed me. Because I'm like, doggone it. Here I am loving and serving and I get nothing back. It hurt, and it was probably four weeks in. Four weeks, I kind of given up hope, and I heard my mom on the phone say to my dad, "I'm on the phone with both of them, you know." And I heard her say, "You don't tell him about that letter." <laughs> and uh, I said, "What's that? What's that, mom? Nothing. I'm just telling your dad something." And then my dad goes, um, "I got that letter." I said, You did, Dad? What did you think of that letter? He said, um, I like that. that. That's about all you're going to get, you know. I, got, I like that. You know, I'm wanting, oh, you're the greatest son in the world. The way you eloquently write and the way you said that stuff, what an incredible son. I've been waiting all my life to tell you, You're wonderful. That's what I was wanting. What I got was, I like that. Some of y'all know, y'all got this dad. And then he said this phrase, just so you know, I put it in my box of most valuable possessions. I, I still don't know where the box is. I didn't even know he had a box. I'm looking for the box, but he's got dementia, I can't find it. <laughs> you get it, don't you guys? And today, this father, who I had all these wrongs against. Second service, Jane's probably driving him here right now. He'll be sitting right here. And after this service, I will hug him and I will kiss him because love keeps no record. Oh. Oh, I've got chills because I, I got to be like Jesus to the very father that wasn't like Jesus to me. No, and, I, and, I, and then... Let me, let me humbly tell you that I, I want no glory there because I don't know how I did that other than the Lord Jesus. And that's why I want to say. Some of y'all listening going, I ain't doing that. I used to sit there and say the same thing. I was darn sure I wasn't going to do that. And here I stand because love. Y'all get that? Love.